Welcome to Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. We're here to help you take your health, fitness, and mindset to the next level. It's time to level up. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. Today, we are talking about how to get the job done when you just don't feel like it. <laughs> Danny and I have had um, a very busy week. So, when we jumped on this morning, we were like, yep. Get the job done. Everyone needs to shut up. Stop complaining. We need to push through. So I think we're in the right frame of mind and we have the right energy about us today to really talk about this topic. It was ironic. Yeah, I totally could be in bed right now, to be honest. Like, and I just know how you're feeling as soon as the Zoom comes on. I can tell in your face, like, how you're feeling. And I was quite relieved that we're sort of on the same path. Like, we go through it too, guys. There are days Mm. where you just can't be bothered and you you actually yep. do want to just stay in bed all day or not deal with the world but you know we showed up and and here we are today talking about how we overcome this yeah absolutely and I think there's times where like everyone doesn't matter who you are what you do where you just have to like dig deep and get the work done um but obviously not everyone leans into that or doesn't lean into it as much as they probably should do and especially this time of the year right like coming into I guess like the back end of February um especially March like that sort of era where you know we're coming out of summer like the new year new me is really worn Mm. off and you know you're back at uni back at work back in the swing of things uh it's time to start digging deep and I honestly feel like especially come winter like these months are like like a great opportunity to get really ahead when it comes to a lot of your goals yeah, yeah, you do notice that in the air because school holidays are finished now and mm. all that fun time and the novelty of the um, holiday period is well and truly mm-hmm. gone. And that motivation does die down. So those yeah. who are relying on motivation are sort of exposed um, mm. because if you are one of those pers- people, then you can sort of reflect and say, hmm, maybe it just was motivation and I didn't actually make the necessary habit changes um Mm. to last until february because it hasn't been that long yet it's month two guys i know i was talking to mum on the phone the other day and she was like yeah such and such you know just getting back into the swing of things i'm like (laughs) mum it's the 16th of february like you telling me people are just getting back into the swing of things i have three days off over christmas right (laughs) and not to do that it's a busy period for us but it's amazing how long we waste getting back into the swing of things. Like I just feel like it's February. <laughs> I know like obviously a lot of people are on like uni holidays yeah. and all of those things and a lot of people do generally have holidays in the January period. Um, but, yeah, it surprises me. I'm like, you know, wish I, I might be just speaking for myself, but I'm good at going off and on <laughs> when it comes to work. Like I'm off, don't talk to me about it, and then I'm back on. I don't have this like runway ramp where I like ease back into it. I don't know if it's just because I don't have the option to or the flexibility, um, but it's just something I look at now and being like, it's a waste of time. I just feel like we shouldn't sort of be easing back into things. We should just like get back on the horse and do the shit. Yeah, easing into it, it's kind of reminds you of when you're in the beach and you're just slowly going just into the cold in. water. It's way more painful. You just got to dive right in, oh, guys. Or slowly ripping a Band-Aid off, you know what I mean? Mm. You and I are very much 
have the same personality traits. And I think as business owners, you, you, there is no other option really, but we love what we do so much that we don't feel like we need, you know, four weeks holidays. And we understand that everyone's in a different situation, but across the board, a lot of people have quote unquote fallen off track already. Um, because their ways to get back on track are just not realistic. So mm. that's what we'll talk about today. What not to do when you actually fall off track. Yeah, absolutely. The first point that we wanted to uh, mention of what not to do, which almost sounds counterproductive to what I said, is to not go all in or change the plan. I think there's a difference between getting back on track like, and going all in on the thing that you had anticipated. Very different to quickly changing the plan and then just you know, navigating and pivoting and just going all in on that, which is what I find a lot of people do. Like if something's not working, they just like ditch the thing they were doing and go, nah, okay, that's not working. What's next? And then they're all in on this new goal, this new venture, this new business, this new frigging thing. And I see it so much in the business world. It's like crazy when you see how many, I guess, products and eBooks and programs and stuff people flick between rather than like giving their thing a red hot crack and giving it a go. And I understand we need to be able to pivot and we need to be able to change. But what people tend to do when something's not working or when they're faced with obstacles or challenges, like their first true hurdle, it's actually a test right? And most people will go, nah, abandon ship. I'm going to go to the next sort of easiest thing without actually giving the thing that they committed to a red hot crack because we get like compounding effects, right? From actually doing something for a long period of time. And people just don't sit in whatever the thing is or the goal is for long enough to really generate like the compound effect over a period of time. Yeah. um, And good job distinguishing what we said, because we, at the start, we said, go all in as in dive into the water but only if it's familiar territory we were talking about getting back into work it's familiar to us we know it like the back of our hand go all in with that but as you said if it's something new then don't go all in because Mm -hmm. it can become a bit overwhelming that's unfamiliar territory you wouldn't dive off the edge of something if you don't know what's in there. You and I, we go diving. We know what's going to be there. It's fine. It's safe. It's not shallow. We're all good. Happy days. No creepy fish. But if you don't know what's going on, don't dive in head first. It might be the creepy fish there. It might be shallow. You've got to be careful. So they're the two differences. And people, as you said, they're looking for the quick fix. They mm. go, oh, I've tried this for a month. It's February now, mid-Feb. It's not working. Bang. Oh, shiny new challenge. Let's go. Hard, hard, hard. Burnout. Mm. Next, next, next. Yep. It's that process that definitely mm. doesn't work. As tempting as it is. You know, you see some special marketing or your friends trying the latest craze. It's appealing, but Mm. that's not sustainable. It's just another short-term dopamine hit until you burn out and then go on to the next thing. It's, It's a trap. Yeah, it is natural to look for the quick fix and the easier option and always look at something and go, I guess, uh, oh, you know, the what ifs, or I think a lot of people get like the grass is greener sort of effect as well. Like they might look at what someone else is doing and think that looks better than what they're doing. So they'll jump ship, whether it's like changing coaches, like you said, a lot where people think that other people have like all the secret answers or getting on the next like craze or diet or challenge or style of training. Like people are just so quick to, I don't know, like that grass is greener effect. I don't know what you call it. Like yeah, grass no. is greener effect. Is that? Is that? Is it? Yeah. Oh, anyway, the grass is greener effect. We're going to label it as that. Um, but 
it's just not right. And I think you can only know that through experience, through having to, like, I've definitely had that where you think the grass is greener. So you jump ship on certain things and then you try it and you're like, oh, it's not. It's important to do that. Right. But a lot of people just do that their whole life. They never realize that challenge, like I said, challenges are just tests. It's like people get great things because they're willing to go through all the tests that come up. And a lot of people don't achieve their goals, whatever it is, or don't achieve what their potential, what they think their potential should be because they just change the plan all the time without building grit, building resilience and just doing hard things. And there's so much power that comes from doing hard things and actually making yourself do the shit when you don't feel like it. And I know we've spoken about uh, like passion before in in business and in work and all those things. And we are very fortunate that we love what we do, but don't get me wrong. You know, I've had days where I'm like, the last thing I want to be doing is this or this job or this tedious part of the business that I don't enjoy, but has to be done, right? Because I can't have that without doing this. And that's the piece. People don't realize that you can't have your cake and eat it too, right? Like you need to be able to put in the hard work, the hard reps early on, do it early on. Do you know what I mean? I don't mind grinding for my twenties, like do it early on so that you can actually reap the rewards later on in life. Yeah, yeah. And that really leads nicely into the next point being just own your shit. Mm. Don't blame other people for why it's not working. And as a coach, you know, we I'm sure we've all had that client who's reached out saying, I've tried seven people. And, oh yeah, my red flag. <laughs> nothing works. And not once do they think maybe it's me. Mm. You know, the, yeah. it's just you get it all the time. But there's something so powerful about feeling in control of your wins and your losses because then you don't place that power in other people's hands. If you're blaming Mm. other people, you're powerless. Like, Mm. sure, it's easier and it sounds nicer, but it's okay to say, okay, I stuffed up. Mm. I made a mistake here. And that it's going to happen forever. We still make mistakes and that's fine, but you just have to own it. If you're not getting your results and maybe you need to reflect, okay, I've only been with this person two weeks. I cut corners here, here, and here. I'm not really giving it 100%. You really just have to have the hard conversation with yourself on that one. Yeah, radical ownership, right? Like you need to be able to take responsibility because everything that happens around you, good or bad, is your own fault, you know? And and you need to, like doing that is so empowering because you're like, oh, okay, like every bad decision that one of my um, employees make or everything that happens to me or the results I do get or the results I don't get, that's my own shit, right? Because if you can't own the bad, you can't own the good, you can't own the things that happen to you that are positive if you can't also acknowledge that, you know, the things that happen are also your fault if they were undesirable. So I think so often people point the finger because, to be honest, they don't want to be exposed. They don't want to be like they don't want to feel like they're not doing the work or, you know, they don't want to take responsibility. And to be honest, like the most successful people, they take responsibility for their shit and they make change and they it makes them do stuff. So I think that blame piece, it just shows up so much. And to be honest, it says more about the person, right? And when you know this, like you said, Danny, you see people come in blaming coaches or it's like you hired them. Like no offense, but you paid them, you chose them. Like Mm. you were manipulated. Like you need to be smarter. You need to be better. And I know there's going to be like pieces there of like, oh, we put trust in other people. Yeah. 
No, like you need to take ownership and accountability for your own health, your own fitness, your own future, because like you get the result. Do you know what I mean? Like the person that has the outcome should pull the trigger and make the decisions. So you need to be selfish in that. And I always think when you're making decisions or when you're hiring someone um, like a mentor or a coach or, you know, choosing something, you need to be like intelligent. You need to be skeptical. You need to be curious. We can't take people off face value anymore, especially Mm -hmm. with social media. Everyone just posts the best of the best, right? They don't show you the 95% of clientele that don't finish the challenge, right? They're only going to show you the good stuff. So you've got to take it with a grain of salt, take ownership, but then you need to point the finger at yourself. And it's really empowering when you start doing that. Yeah. I think people just don't want to have the hard conversation because they might, and these are scenarios in a sense, like you might commit to training with someone every week. And this has happened before to someone. You commit to training with them every week. And at the start, it's amazing. And, you know, you have the best sessions ever. But then as time goes on, you know, you realize that time slot doesn't really help you anymore or that that person's actually a little bit um, not pushing you as much anymore. Mm. And you're actually getting quite distracted and that's affecting the quality of your session. It's like, how do I not blame them for my lack of results or, you know, same with the coach, but actually just have that hard conversation. Hey, it was great at the start, but right now X, Y, Z, like Mm. people would come to us and say, yeah, the coach wasn't good, blah, blah, blah. And the first thing I go is, have you told them that you're actually unhappy? And they go, no. Yeah, I know. And they need to. It's really bad. 100%. 100%. It's like it leaves a bad taste in my mouth as a coach because I know firsthand how important communication is for getting anyone a result. Like if something's not working and you're just, again, beating around the bush, not taking ownership just to avoid an uncomfortable conversation for yourself, that's all it is. Like you you just don't want to become uncomfortable. You're impacting your results as well as putting everyone else out because we can't read minds as coaches and as people, we can't read minds, but we're flexible with strategies, right? And that's our job is to make like a client's life easier and make them more likely to achieve their goal. Yes, we're going to like push people, but only within means. And I think it's so important, Danny, because I've definitely had conversations where it's sort of like, yeah, I'm thinking of leaving my coach or whatever. And I'm like, have you spoke to them about it or have you expressed it? And often the answer is no. It's very, very rare that the answer is yes. And to me, I think if that was me, like as a coach, like that, like never happened. <laughs> but like if that was me, I would feel really sad that my client didn't have the courage or didn't feel comfortable enough to come to me and share what they were going through because my natural response would always be like, let's change the strategy. What do we need to do differently? How can we help? That's always going to be our, I guess, default. But Mm. I can also acknowledge that a lot of people probably haven't been met like that in the past. But again, we have to recognize that that's not the norm and we can't always just continue on doing it that way. Otherwise, we're never going to get what we want or achieve what we want. Yeah, because chances are if you feel a little bit weird about the situation, the other person can recognise mm. that too. And as time goes on, if no one has the conversation that has to happen, mm. you're just going to start resenting each other in any relationship dynamic. Yep. Um, and then the output won't be what you want anyway, whether it's a staff member that you have, whether it's a friendship, whether it yep. is your coach client. So the best that we can do is be as approachable as possible because Mm. the other person might not want to let you down or maybe they think, oh, if I say that, they won't think I'm good enough. So we need to be able to open the floor if we sense a bit of weirdness, but to reverse it, like 
if you are unhappy, you have to talk about it mm-hmm. rather than doing the easy option of blaming other people. Yeah, just absolutely. Start the the dialogue with um when I read it somewhere, it was really nice. Like if you need to have a hard conversation with someone, you acknowledge that you go, hey, so and so. I feel a little bit uncomfortable bringing this up, but I I really need to have a bit of a hard conversation with you. Is now the right time? You Mm -hmm. don't have to like send a message or the first thing you say is blah, 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 get straight to the the Mm -hmm. punchline. You you guide yourself into the conversation and make sure they're ready to receive what you need to talk to them about. Yeah, it just doesn't happen though. No, it? never. It just doesn't happen. <laughs> That's I was the theory. <laughs> I was saying to Luke the other day, I was like, in business, it's trying to fix the problems that no one tells you. Like no, it's trying to fix the problems that literally no one has the guts to tell you. It's yeah. like you're running around in circles, you're trying to improve like products and services. But then all people's feedback is just amazing, you know, because no one wants to give you the honest feedback. And as a yeah. business owner, I really appreciate it. Do you know what I mean? Like I really appreciate feedback. It's it's what makes everything grow. And I had to have a really difficult conversation, like the most uncomfortable conversation of the year oh. with another business owner um, about something that I wasn't sort of happy with, you know, had to have this conversation. I can still in my body really oh, how wow. nervous I was to have the conversation, but had the conversation and just fully owned up to him, like not really happy, you know, and this hasn't turned out the way that I'd hoped to be honest. And I think X, Y, and Z might've contributed to this. Mm. And I had that conversation because one, like I didn't want to beat around the bush and I wanted to be upfront. And I also wanted the outcome that I had paid for. Um, But then two, I acknowledge that as a business owner, if things are like on the inside aren't happening as you would anticipate as, you know, the CEO or the person overseeing everything, if things aren't happening up to your standards, you need to know so that you can change systems and processes and improve it. So it doesn't happen to anyone else because I'm not thinking about me. I'm like, okay, I'm brave enough to have the conversation and own it. Of course, like, I only work with, you know, emotionally intelligent people. So I was met with like, <laughs> yep, we can work this through. Well done, Danny. We're in it together. Um, but, you know, I was met with like, we're going to fix this. We've changed this. We've done this. You know, this is what we can do. And it was nice, right? But often what happens is when you work with people that aren't emotionally intelligent, they get offended, they get yes. critical and they go, oh, but, you know, and they pass the blame. That's generally what happens is they pass mm-hmm. the blame back on you. It's your fault. Um, but yeah, this conversation, and it's like the best outcome that I was like, oh, thank God I had that conversation. Not only has it helped me and what I wanted out of the situation, but then it's also helped them and the people that they're going to continue working with as well. Yeah. And we should all be open for feedback from the right people. So you helped that person by having that conversation, mm. you know what I mean? But if people do have that victim mentality, which most people do, and look, we're allowed to have days where we feel like the world's ending. I had one at the start of the week, day before my period. I was yep. under my doona, feeling sorry for myself. I didn't know what the fuck was going on, but everything was just upsetting me. And yep. you're allowed to have those days. 100%. But yes, just snap out of it, guys. Like we just can't play the victim all the time. And we knew yeah. this podcast would be a bit of a hard conversation, but it's these hard conversations that we, you and I have had to allow us to be resilient, to allow mm. us to snap the hell out of it and just, you know, take control and take ownership. Mm. It's so important. Um, but the whole, you know, blaming others, I'll start Monday, you know, the world's against me. Look, we all have our own scenarios and mm-hmm. people go through some really bad stuff, but we're not we're not going that deep for this podcast. We're talking about sort of surface level-ish mm. topics 
um, that you just need to take ownership for. So we can't always play the victim. 100%. And, you know, I feel like in this day and age, you can't say any of this stuff out loud anymore because people are like, oh, you're gaslighting me. And they're like, oh, no, you're oh, gaslighting yourself. That word. And then they're like, oh, but heal your inner child. And it's just like, okay, guys, like sometimes we just need to do hard things. Don't you think, though, it's sort of yeah, like man. as soon as you have to have a hard conversation of like, hey, I know you're going through some stuff, but that doesn't mean the ball can drop in this area too. You know, sometimes yeah. we need that. Because I acknowledge that when I'm going through hard stuff, if I drop the ball in other areas, the whole freaking thing's going down, right? We also need to have standards and expectations of ourselves and other people around, right? Because we can do pretty incredible shit when we know we're supported. Right. And that's the, that's the difference. It's like if we if we like have a great network around us and we're taking ownership. Right. And we're let going of that victim mentality. If we've got support. We're like, OK, like I know I'm pretty fragile at the moment. My window is pretty small, like, but I can keep going because I've got such and such behind me that if things do fall apart, I know they're going to kick me into gear or, you know, give me the compassion or whatever it might be. So I think that victim piece is really important. I like even for myself, things go wrong. hundred percent. I give myself, you know, a little bit of time to feel sorry for myself. I'm like, poor me. You go through it, right? You're like, oh, freaking hell. Here we go again. Right. Like putting out fires all day. Um, but then it's like, well, you got two options. You know, you're going to be problem focused. You're going to worry about the problem. You're going to relive it. And you're just going to feel anxious and worse. And you're going to like feed into that. Or you can be solution focused and you can just fix the problem, right? And especially like the business side of me, but even just life in general, like life's full of problems. We're always going to get problems. Like you're going to fix a problem and just the sheer act of fixing that problem is going to create another problem, (laughs) right? It's like so annoying. And if anything, that problem is probably bigger than the other one. So your whole life, you just spend your time fixing problems and you just can't wind yourself up. Do you know what I mean? Like some people wind themselves up when something goes wrong and it's like, that's okay. Like that's what happens when you fix something. Something else is just going to break. Yeah, it can really become a habit to get stuck in that wound up mindset or the victim mindset because, you know, we need habits over and over and over again to create the outcome of our mindset and who we are. Mm. So if your habits are to feel sorry for yourself every day, Mm. to find a reason why you'll never be that fit person or you'll never hit a PB or you'll never stick to your diet, if if you keep telling yourself that without catching yourself out on your language and your shit, you know, without asking someone for help, without saying, okay, what the hell am I doing? Like snap Mm. out of it. Every day that becomes more hardwired in your behaviors and in your nervous system through your thoughts and and all of that. So we we become hardwired to that victim mentality. So Mm. we're not saying that something bad happens to you and then you just bounce back normally. Deal with it how you need in that time frame, but don't drag it out for Mm. the sake of telling someone a story about how hard your life is because people love comparing their misery. Have you noticed? It's like the whole comparing how busy and stressed you are. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Oh, well, that happened to you. Well, the other day this happened, it was 10 times worse. So you're lucky. It's like, a, don't take that away from someone, but yeah. B, it's not a competition of how shit and hard things are, guys. Like we need to really just catch yourself out on the language, but it becomes a habit yeah. and we don't realise we're doing it. Like mm. I'm sure you and I can fall into it as well, but you need Luke to snap it out or, or Paul will be like, all right, come on, Danny. No, I'm going to catch you out on that. Just get your shit together. I go, yeah. fuck, thank you. I actually really needed that. I was getting yeah. lost in a whirlpool there. 
Yeah, I've had definitely had those where you're like down in the dumps and then, yeah, you, it's usually your better half or someone that's like, come on, like you can't see, do you know what I mean? And I've definitely had, you know, days recently where I've been really negative and I know it's like not me. You know, I'm like, this isn't like me. I'm actually usually quite optimistic or if things aren't going to plan, I can, you know, see the brighter side or whatever. But we all go through those just periods where, we are sort of so hyper-focused on all the problems and what we look for, we find, right? So whenever you're looking for the negatives, you're just going to find them. And the same way, like it's all the science behind gratitude. Like if you look for what's going well, you're just going to see more of it. But I just wanted to ask Danny, like, what do you think helps people flip the script and go from that person that is so victim mindset, blaming others, like that is that person to being more growth focused. Like what Mm. do you feel like moves the needle? Because it's not an easy thing to do. I know it's easier said than done. Just say, well, just stop blaming others, like blame yourself because you can't see it when you're in it. Mm. Um, So I was just wondering if you had any thoughts about maybe what sort of shifts the mindset. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, It really depends on the severity because we're not here to take away from any any mental mm-hmm. health issues. So if you yep. are in the depths of, of those feelings, you know, we spoke about it quite light, lighthearted at the start, but if you are in the depths and you feel like you're really stuck, professional help, number one. They will spend months with you going through your processes. But, you know, if, if you genuine, like generally feel okay, like yourself, yeah. you said, hey, I've got a few negative thoughts recently, but, you know, you're quite optimistic other times. And, you know, reflecting inwards and saying what am I doing to make me feel this way and there might Mm. not be an answer you might just be overtired overworked your environment is not serving you anymore you've got people around you who are actually quite negative Mm. um we spoke about that on the other podcast with all the Coles workers bless them nothing against Coles but that was a scenario there um and maybe just a lack of confidence because you're actually not taking any action. Mm. I feel like by getting the right help, changing your environment, starting small and doing one good thing to prove to yourself that you actually can get the ball rolling, um, I think that's the best way to make confidence. But just knowing that it's not going to be a black and white. It's You need to have that uncomfortable transition period of changing your habits, changing your behaviours, slowly getting confident, having those hard conversations. And then all of a sudden you'll look back and go, wow, six months ago I was totally different, but now look at me. Mm. Look, that's the best I can give. It's a forever practice, I feel. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I don't know the answer either. I was just sort of trying to reflect on, you know, because it's not we're not born with a growth mindset. We're not born sort of that way. We're born blaming others and we're born being a victim because that's just what our DNA says for survival is just like crumble and and you know push ownership rather than taking charge and taking control. Yeah. Um but yeah, I think definitely like what you said, the people you surround yourself with, like if they've got sort of standards and expectations and confidence and they carry themselves in a certain way and they take ownership and action, like you're gonna be so much more likely to do so rather than sort of being in the circle of people that just you know bitch and complain and moan do you know what I mean we've all been in those circles where it's like all they do is bitch about other people it's mm-hmm. like really depressing to be in it's like I got bigger goals than to worry about what freaking such and such said to such and such boyfriend on like a freaking <laughs> Saturday night like I just don't care yeah. do you know what I mean like I just don't care so of course like who you surround yourself with is like super important life experiences is going to be um super important as well is like what you've been reinforced to in the past but then I also think like 
self-awareness um, because you can't change something that you can't see. So that's why like, you know, when you catch yourself like blaming others or pointing the finger and I do it too, do you know what I mean? Like every now and then I'll point the finger at Luke, oh. <laughs> you know, we all do or, or yeah. someone else, someone, totally. something, right? Whether it's in your control or outside of your control. Mm. Do you know as well? It's like blaming lockdown. A lot of people did that for a very long time. It's like, cool, you can't control that. So what's even the point? Do you know what I mean? Like you're wasting energy. So you catch yourself. Do you know what I mean? Because I had so many up and down days during that period because everything just felt so outside of my control and I was a victim to it. Um, But once you take ownership over that and being like, oh, my God, I'm doing this thing, you know, because you're building self-awareness, you're taking time to pause and reflect and, and look at your goals and your expectations, like that's really the only way that you can start changing because you can see the contrast you're like damn this isn't me you know and that's what I do I'll go this isn't me this is not me um so I just need and when you say like you've got identity around it and I go this isn't me Mm. I will soon stop doing that but if I'm going this is me I'm always doing this I'm always reverting I always do this like a lot of people do they go I just I can't you know and they're owning it as an identity you're never gonna change it because you're acknowledging that's actually who you are Yes, and if you're surrounding yourself with people who love your misery because some people love when it's not going right, then you know it's a problem. There's a difference between being able to talk to someone about a problem and they hear you out and they go, oh, my God, I'm so sorry, blah, blah, blah. But you've got the people who Mm -hmm. enable that behaviour. Now, take a good look at your circle. Are they enabling you talking about all of your problems because it's as if they don't want to hear the happiness. They Mm. just want to hear when shit's hard and they will ask you deliberate questions. Oh, how's that going? Because they know it's like a trigger for you. I get it all the time. And it's like, yeah, Yeah. you just got to step back and they're like, oh, wow, you must be so tired or you must be so stressed. Mm. And they plant like their lens onto you on how you should be feeling. And it's like, no, I don't actually. But yeah. but you can't say it like that. And I think I mentioned this the other day because it still happens. You can't be like the complete opposite and say, no, I'm actually feeling great because mm. you know that they won't receive that well. So that's how I know that's just a hi, how are you, good, thanks conversation, mm-hmm. then walk off. Yeah. Like you have to look for those people who are enabling that behaviour because it's mm-hmm. not good to be around them. Yeah. And and again, like it comes down, it does come down to emotional intelligence. Like I because yeah. they don't even know they're doing it. They're doing yeah. it to feed their own ego and they just don't even recognize it. And again, I always think that if you're someone that is self-aware and you've done some work and you've got the lens, it's your responsibility to filter or or like create space for yourself because they just don't know. Um, off a little bit off topic, but I was at an event the other day and um there was like a biff, like a big brawl, right? Oh. Between- three guys and it was like I won't go into it too much but two of them were actually police officers and coppers right and this and this other one was just like this random guy was clearly off his head Mm. right he was clearly off his head anyways I was watching it all unfold in front of me (sighs) and my initial thought was this guy is cooked he's off his head he's not even like in the room do you know what I mean you know when you can tell like the aggression it's not even there whereas these other two guys who were clearly like intelligent authorities um calm regulated at the start they escalated too and I actually was like reflecting in hindsight and I was like it's their responsibility as like the officials and the authorities and the ones that have the education and aren't off their face to remove themselves even if they feel triggered do you know what I mean Mm. it's the same situation that I'm thinking about right now is like if you're someone that's identifying you're in a toxic 
environment or that something's happening to you, like take ownership and responsibility rather than just expecting other people are going to walk away or like change because it's just never going to happen. Whereas everyone was pointing their finger at the guy going off his head, right? Everyone was being like, he was in the wrong where I was like, no, he's like, sure, sure. Like, of course he shouldn't be off his head throwing punches, but it's actually these guys that are provoking and, and like poking the bear, knowing doing it. Right. So that's, that was my lens being like, it's actually the responsibility of the most self-aware person in the room to deescalate or remove themselves. Not the poor person who's probably had a really poor upbringing, like off their face. And of course not, it's not an excuse, but I'm just saying like, when you're trying to resolve anything, again, the most self-aware person in the room needs to take the lead and take charge because they're the ones that are actually going to be impacted at the end of the day, not the other guy. He's just going to get thrown up, whereas they'll probably lose their job. So for yeah, me, wow. I know that's such an extreme example. No, it makes perfect sense. But that's just what I was thinking is like real world problems of how people respond. This is why like emotional intelligence like goes so far in the decisions that you actually make. Yeah, and the more emotionally intelligent you are, it feels like you do wear more responsibility, but Mm. you kind of learn that emotional intelligence because you like responsibility, so you can't – sometimes I'm like, oh, my goodness, how did I end up in this position where I'm responsible (laughs) for everything around me? And then then I say – have a conversation with someone, I'm like, Danny, you bloody love it. You love being that person that people can come (laughs) to and all of that. So – you know, if it wears a bit heavy, you've you've done that to yourself. You've made 100%. yourself available. You've learned about all of these things. Um, but, yeah, no, totally interesting. Everyone would have just been like, oh, that guy's in the wrong. Yeah. But it's like, hang on a minute, these two actually know how to navigate the situation. Why are they letting it escalate? It makes yes. sense. Yeah, 100%, 100%. But, yeah, people are quick to jump to conclusions and, and blame the most loudest, most aggressive, sort of boisterous person in the room, whereas I just have a little bit of a different lens to that. And I think, you know, there's always lessons to learn when it comes to situations and like I said extreme example but doing the u-turn and being like who am I blaming for my own stuff because we are one decision away from completely changing our lives Mm -hmm. like every day of the week right you want to quit your job you one decision away from actually changing that so we have so much more control over our internal um i guess happiness and life and and goals and and the things we do than what we sort of think and i think perspective is just so powerful like i am obsessed with perspective like i love reflecting on situations like that and being like wow like you can learn so much and gain perspective that just influences how you make decisions Mm. um and i think it comes back down to like that victim mentality and sort of what we've been talking about yeah, maybe we'll go on the flip side, even though we kind of have, but what to do? And I know the heading that we labeled this, it's kind of we made it sound like, oh, how to get back into your training and nutrition, but we're, we're going deep in this and I actually really like it. So there's a lot of talk about <laughs> emotional intelligence and situational things, but um, on the flip side of what to do, be patient and do the time. Again, we made it clear if it's familiar, go all in. If it's unfamiliar, be patient. Earn the right to say this doesn't work. You know, you mm. can't just say it after a week. Like, try your best, stick to the process. If it doesn't work, that's okay. But you got to do the time. Absolutely. I feel like you can tell how successful someone's going to be in achieving their goal based on the time frame in which they talk. You know, if they say like, oh, in the next few months or whatever, yeah. rather than like in the next few years or in the next decade or in my life, this is what I want to work towards. Like if we can actually zoom out and, you know, change our time frame. like everyone wants to get shredded in eight weeks or they want to achieve their dream body in six months or they want to earn a million dollars in a year, right? They're not actually thinking 
Well, what about 10 years? Because doing something once off is a fluke, in my opinion. And this is why I have a pet peeve with like business coaches that have grown one business and they're all of their business coaches. Like that's a fluke. Do it again and then do it again and then teach other people how to do it and then get them to do it. And then you call yourself a master, right? Because yeah. you've got a proven way of doing something, right? It's not a fluke because timing matters. Opportunities matter. Like outside influence happens. Like you can see it now. A lot of people, even in like um, the fitness industry, like timing was a really, really good like essence for a lot of people right at the start. And if they entered right now, they probably wouldn't be where they are. And yeah. like not saying that, you know, taking credit away, but timing is really important for all of us. Timing doesn't wait. Opportunity don't wait we have to sense it and go with it but in the same sense as well we also have to do the time and be patient and that's what I was saying is like no one is an overnight success um it takes years and years and years for people to actually build the the foundation of what allows them to grow from whether that's body composition goals like we all know I could cut myself down in eight weeks and look freaking incredible because I've got a great muscle mass foundation mm. right whereas a lot of people get into fitness and they you know they do an eight-week cut and they go where's all my muscle and it's like you've got to have something to cut down too do yeah. you know what I mean you've got to do the years of laying foundations to warrant yourself to do a 12-week prep like what you've done in the past right wouldn't have worked if you didn't have the foundation there mm. goes for absolutely everything like a lot of people see the the one chapter and they don't realize that there's like 15 chapters that they've done of trial error and mistakes before that to yep. warrant them to get a result in what seems like a quick or a short time frame but in in like reality it's really not and why would you want to be an overnight success you mm. see like these celebrities and you actually feel have to feel sorry for them because nothing is good enough anymore. There's always next. Okay, you earn a billion dollars. Now what? You know, you're you're dating the hottest person on the planet, but you know, now what? Like what's next? Where's that dopamine coming from? You have the fastest car, you have the biggest house. What's next? Like the overnight success hasn't taught them how to value life and mm. You know, so many CEOs and owners of company have mental health issues. And I know it's yeah. it's not relative of financial um, status, but it doesn't prove that you if you earn more money, you're actually happier. It's like no matter where you are on the scale of what your version of success is, if you haven't learned the behaviors, haven't mastered your own mind and what makes you excited about life, you know, aside from material objects, then mm. no matter what you achieve will never, ever, ever, ever be good enough because you'll get there, you'll, you'll forget all the small wins that you had along the way and you'll just be looking higher up the next mountain. You reach mm. the top of the mountain, you discover a new one that's double as high. And we yeah. love the climb. We absolutely love the climb, but people are trying to rush that climb. They're trying mm. to take that, what's that thing that you go in, that machine? Escalator. That takes, or escalator. Well, or the one that you go in, I don't know, people ski, they're sitting there, they're in that machine oh, that goes up. I don't even I don't know, know what it is. I haven't skied before. They're taking that thing to the top. You yeah. can't take that thing that I can't remember the name of. I you know what I mean? Either. Enjoy the climb because yeah you just see it time and time again and as we get older Sherelle we meet people from mm. all walks of life or we turn our attention to to different people now that we want to learn business from and you know they all say the same thing you have to celebrate your wins you have to create the healthy habits because all of that stuff isn't going to help your mind you know and then it, it all means nothing so yeah. you just have to really like earn it it's going to be hard like mm. I, as I said I had 
we've had some of the hardest times in recent years um and it just it's it's dark and it's so hard and you get exhausted and you learn a lot about yourself but then it makes the wins so much more enjoyable and sometimes I question like oh my goodness like how much pressure can we put on ourselves like how hard can we work and when does it end but then you realize once you get over that hill it is Mm. so rewarding and I wouldn't I wouldn't change it for a stagnant life because that's just so boring you have to ride the lows and the highs as you go Yeah, I agree. And, you know, something not on our list, but something that sort of helps me is like I remind myself of my privilege a lot Mm -hmm. and sort of being like, you know, I'm, you know, however old I am living in whatever country I am as a white female, like I have a lot of privilege about me. I've got a good background, good upbringing, lots of opportunities. And the things that I'm complaining about are actually what other people would be wishing for. So, you know, it's important to take stock of the things that you think are problems and be like, damn, I would have wished for this problem um years ago and that's not gaslighting and taking it away from yourself but it's just about appreciating the growth and appreciating the stretch and appreciating also the you know the ground that you've got to play with and make mistakes on because they're the greatest lessons that we're going to be able to take later on as well and and the fact that you've got um opportunity which means you're going to create problems right that that's that's an opportunity in itself so being able to of course like reflect practice gratitude and like zoom out like is all important but just stopping and pausing and being like man, I'm moving fast, but when's it ever going to be enough? You know, I have to Mm. pause and recognize that privilege, like privilege is just even something to be really grateful for because the problems we're really good at catastrophizing and being like, you know, like, oh my God, I feel like I'm dying. Like we (laughs) catastrophize a lot of our problems, but Mm. it's important to zoom out. Yeah. And enjoy the problem solving process. You know, every day Mm. you and I wake up like, right, okay, what system can we make better? How do we address this? And you've got to make a bit of a game out of it almost. And yeah, yeah, it's really important to learn how to problem solve. Like with clients, for example, we give them the tools to problem solve. Like Mm. they might have leg press on their workout. They go to the gym, the leg press is taken. Okay, I need to problem solve now and find an alternative. Mm. We go to the supermarket, whatever's on your macro or meal plans sold out oh shit I'm gonna have to problem solve you know problem solving can be as big or as small as you like but own that process and get creative with it and then again that's where the empowerment comes from you can't blame anyone else oh well they were on my leg press yeah cool what's plan b let's get creative and come up with a solution so you're not sitting there and throwing it all down the drain you know yeah yeah i'm reading a book at the moment about um creativity um i think it's it's called killer ideas for anyone Ooh. that asks can't remember yeah, the author, but killer ideas <laughs> i do remember the, the the title of this um i'm nearly oh, i'm about like two-thirds through it and it's all about creating killer ideas and killer is an acronym for something uh but the whole book is around creativity and they use a lot of case studies and different people everything from netflix and and how that was created to the case study I was reading last night was on the topic of Movember and how that sort of oh, non-profit wow. was made just by two guys having a beer, um, wanting oh. to raise awareness for suicide. And it's so interesting, like some of the biggest businesses and companies and successes in the world, like Uber and Netflix and, you know, different books and authors and all these people that have done incredible things, um, like their creative process. And that's my Apple Watch. Siri Um, Siri doesn't understand. uh, You've got a male voice on Siri. Oh, is there a female? 
Are you serious? I've only ever known Siri to be a female. Oh, no, I've got the guys on there. There you go. My wow, masculine sounds a bit watch. More sexy. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. But, yeah, the, the creative process, sort of what I was coming back to, um, around the idea of creating space for yourself, but then also enhancing your ability to make decisions and make better ideas because you can't force creativity. Um, mm. And that's the whole concept around killer ideas. Like there's good ideas, there's great ideas, and then there's killer ideas is that um, have like a special concoction that I can't remember. But it's a really interesting read and it sort of um, it comes back to a lot of what we're speaking about, you know, when you're pointing fingers, blaming others, going all in, being impatient, all that sort of stuff. It's just never going to allow you to be innovative enough to actually fix the problem um, because you need to have space, you need to reflect, you need to be open-minded, you need to take ownership, you need to be creative and resilient to be able to do so. Yeah, and as you said, you can't force that. Sometimes Mm. you just need to snap yourself out of it by going somewhere different. Drive somewhere that makes you feel happy. Go to the beach. Yep. Go get out of your rut. Get out yeah, of your get day out of your to rut. day rut. And I'm the same. I had I was in such a rut, and then I'm like googling. All right, where's the nearest library? And then I went, and it was so yeah. weird. It made me feel better. Look, my yeah. problems didn't disappear. No. I had to come home and have really hard conversations. But mm. just in that time frame, I put myself mm. in such a random environment mm. that I'd never been to before. So it just snapped me out of that headache that was going on in my brain to allow me to be in a more um, regulated state to then deal with the shit that I had to deal with. I love temporarily running away and it does annoy Paul. Not that it's always to do with him, but like, you know, that's my thing. I love just putting myself in an environment where I'm like, right, everything around me is like Groundhog Day. I just need to go somewhere different Get a clear headspace so I can actually give myself time to understand why I'm feeling how I am. Mm. And then I just come back to reality. So it's a tool that I always use. Yeah, absolutely. Escapism, right? It's a big (laughs) thing. A lot of people use it, right? It's why a lot of people play video games, why a lot of people watch Netflix. Like escapism, actually just getting out of your own mind and being distracted by something that's low stakes or, you know, it's not as stimulating, completely changes your internal lens. And it's, you know, it's why a lot of people do go go places to write books for months. They need to actually condense what they're exposed to and what they're distracted by because we get very distracted in our environment. You know, often I'll try and train at home and I'll just find myself on emails in the <laughs> office. I don't know how I do it. I'm like all of a sudden like writing an email. I'm like, how did I get here? I'm blinked. I was doing a shoulder press. <laughs> um, but my best ideas honestly come up when I'm out in nature at the beach, yeah. right, or training at the gym. Honestly, nice. like every good idea, I, I was having a freaking horrible day earlier in the week and I just went to the gym come back and I was like all my problems they didn't go away but I knew what I had to do to fix them um and it was generally because I just removed myself from being so hyper focused on the problem um and just being able to zoom out and be solution focused right and a lot of people look at that sort of stuff and they go it's a waste of time or through the work, which is what we're saying now, but it's not always about working harder. It's not always about attacking your problem. It's like the creative process, it's it's messy. Do you know what I mean? Like you need your problem there, you need to see it, and then you pick up a piece and you put it over there and you go, that doesn't fit, and you do this, and that's what creativity is. It's not this linear fashion. Even when um, I do this a lot when I'm writing like emails or content or posts or anything like that, but I was reading in the, this book about how writers do it where they won't actually write the book a lot of the times in chronological order. They'll write parts of the book or write chapters or whatever. And then, you know, a publisher or someone else might actually help them sort of piece it all together. And I was like, that's exactly what I do with posts. I'll write the body 
and then I'll pull it apart and usually rearrange it. I can't do, I never write captions on my phone. I always write it on a laptop and then I just rearrange it. I just always thought it was a little bit weird, but then I was like, the more that I learn about creativity and problem solving and actually putting an idea together, the more I'm like, wow, the way we're traditionally taught to do things isn't actually practical for how our brain actually arrives at solutions. That's so interesting, but it, it kind of makes sense what you said. I mean, if we were to write content or a book from the first word to the last word, that is very overwhelming. linear. Overwhelming, linear, and it almost forces you to have the thoughts that you need to have for it to make sense. Mm. But if you're just, obviously, the way in which you write your captions, you've really tapped into that right brain, as in you're you're getting all kinds of ideas, you're being creative, they're not linear, but then you use that linear state later to piece it together. It's mm. That's really interesting. And that's how you know it's true creativity because creativity doesn't really make any sense. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, wow. Even a lot of my videos, the start is usually about in the middle and I'll just trim it around and I'll be so like. So you start the squat from the bottom and then you actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somehow I just get at the bottom. No, my speaking content, my speaking I know, content. I'm just, yeah. <laughs> um, off topic there, but I thought it was relevant. Um, relevant. The last it? thing that we wanted, I guess, to highlight of what to do, because we're definitely spoken about taking ownership um, yeah. and making sure we take charge, is just the ability to develop resilience and grit. And we spoke about this briefly where, you know, I asked you, Danny, like what can we do to actually become more, more resilient and more gritty individuals and gaining perspective yes is going to be super important but sometimes it's just doing the fucking work right and actually outworking um this part of you that just feels like you're not capable because a lot of the times we blame others and we you know adopt a victim mentality to escape the reality of we're not good enough you know Mm. it's like we didn't do the work we're not good enough and that's what our brain wants to escape it's like blame them it's not your fault. You're strong. You know, and that's what parts of our brain that want to survive are telling us because it doesn't want to be vulnerable and say, oh, you're weak. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't do it. But if you actually just put the work in and then own that and be like, it's okay that I'm imperfect. You know, it's okay that I'm not there yet. Or it's okay that I don't always have a growth mindset because no one actually does. These things are okay, but I can get better if I choose to do so. When It allows you to sort of like move on and get rid of this perfectionism and actually just show up and get dirty and get gritty and sort of move forward. It's invigorating, man. Like as we said before we press play on this, I, I woke up a bit headachey, pretty cooked after a big week of, of highs and lows, which was amazing and totally could have been in bed right now. But now I'm so energized because we we did the thing. Like and in our notes it says do the fucking work. And and that makes me think of which I always bring up the Kim Kardashian who got absolutely <laughs> hammered for mm. telling people this. But it's I so true. true to her, yeah. like oh. again. Do what you were going to change your mind there, but that's one example. Every every person who has an outcome in their favor does the work. It's never a coincidence, you know. They just get up, they do small steps every Mm -hmm. day that leads to an outcome that they want. It is no coincidence. It's not luck. It's not chance. Might Mm. be one off, but for the ongoing success, the ongoing people who you look at and go, wow, look at their life. It's not chance. Mm. They are doing the work, guys, and you can too. Yeah, absolutely. Even with that context of Kim Kardashian, though, like (laughs) it's the definition of someone taking a couple of words and like having no context because I'm sure if you actually had a conversation with her, she'd be like, yeah, I am pretty privileged. 
you know, she would probably own a lot of the stuff that we spoke about earlier. Like I have a lot of privilege, like I've I've come this far, but she's done the freaking work as well. Yeah. Like the Kardashians, they're incredibly smart business women. Um, and of course they have a privilege, but don't we all to some sense have some sort of privilege? And again, I remember seeing everyone's reposts and shares being like, how dare you, blah, 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 you know, like sort of shaming her. But then again, like not to like not to sort of, you know, stir anyone up, but a lot of people do that from their own insecurity being like how dare she say that she can do all this sort of stuff but I'm over here struggling yeah you know because of me I-, I can't do that I'm not capable of doing that and you're privileged and it's not realistic that's really what a lot of people do whereas I'm like yeah like she's right like you have to do the freaking work but she's not also like on a pedestal saying that you know I haven't had any like privilege in life because all of us listening to this right now with our Wi-Fi on our iPhones, with our AirPods in, we all have a privilege that we also need to acknowledge as well. Cause there's a lot of people in the world that don't, to be honest. And that's where the perspective comes in. Like we have to acknowledge even live, living in a Western culture. Um, that is a privilege in itself. Yeah. Yeah. And the key with all of that, I mean, is the ongoing success using mm. one, if if the iron strikes hot and you have a, you're a bit lucky, great. But a lot of people get that. And then they go back to their life. You know, they mm. win Tats Lotto, then they go back to their life because they're in debt or, you know, something happens. They're, they're dating a celebrity, they're famous for a bit, but then they're forgotten. Yeah. Or they have that one hit wonder. You know what I mean? All of those sayings, but these are people, not just the Kardashians, anyone who has ongoing success, success you know it's work otherwise anyone who's made a sex tape would be so famous and be billionaires it doesn't it's not that easy guys otherwise you know (laughs) (laughs) she was on it before the OnlyFans came out exactly but it's the ongoing success is proof that they have systems they have work you know so yeah there's a big difference between a one-hit wonder and Mm. ongoing success absolutely a hundred percent and I just think a lot of people are just so quick just to blame again and just sort of you know point fingers but like I I look forward to a day where we're all just in really tight circles of people just celebrating everyone's success regardless of what scale they're on and that's just what like kudos to Kim Kardashian she's incredible right like a lot of those people like why do we have to downplay other people's success because of things that are outside of their control? Privilege is outside of your control as well. So, yeah, I think with the resilient piece, if you do the work and you know you're doing the work and you're staying in your own lane, you don't look outside. Yes. You don't compare and you don't go, oh, their grass is greener. Because, like, your subconscious knows you're not making the mo- you're not watering your own grass, right? Like, do your own work and you can have that reality as well. And like what Danny said earlier, like, Happiness doesn't correlate with success either, right? Because a lot of people can be incredibly successful, but then also miserable because they've let go of all their relationships and all the other things that actually make them happy, um, not their ego. They'll have let go of all of those things. And I think the balance is always going to be both, right? Like we're doing the job when we don't feel like it because we know it's actually going to benefit us in the long term. And we know that this sort of like delayed gratification has some sort of reward, right? And that's actually going to make it worthwhile. There's no point working hard for the sake of working hard with no actual outcome. But when you know what you're actually working towards, like knuckle down and do the work because your future self is just going to thank you for it. 
Yeah, yeah. Get used to doing the work over a long period of time for the amazing outcome. Yep. Nothing good will come straight away. And we no. need to remember that society is getting worse and worse, less patient. We can get mm-hmm. anything at the click of a button. People are forgetting what hard work actually is. It was very different when you and I were teenagers compared to teenagers now. And know? then again, oh, right? And again and again. So, yeah, I, I hope that no one got upset with this podcast because they're just the conversations that we have with ourselves. And yep. a lot of people ask, wow, how did you guys do it? And this is, we're just giving our advice on what's worked for us. And we have that hard conversation with ourselves, with the people we love. You know, you've got to pull each other up on your shit and pull yourself up on your shit and, you know, put your head down and don't be afraid to work hard. You're more resilient than what you think. And, you know, just, just, yeah, just fucking do it. Just do it. And I love that last line that you said, Danny, like, don't be afraid to work hard. Mm. Like in a world that, of course, like tells you, you know, balance. And of course, like we, you the know, voice we sort of, kills me. Oh, the balance. Why do I do it? It's, not like it's the voice. It's right. Um, but yeah, like, don't be afraid to dig your heels in and just do what needs to be done. Like you are capable, you know, and I think it's actually really good for people to work incredibly hard, um, both physically, like mentally, intellectually, like challenge yourself with stuff you know like take on projects that are outside of your depths right and then push yourself physically it's one of the things I'd love to prep for it's like fuck I'm capable if I'm willing to put the work in I can achieve great things like get out of your comfort zone and stop thinking that you're just you know this little piece and anything else you're delicate and you're going to break because you're not right when people <laughs> become delicate honestly they're the ones yeah, that are always right. getting sick and they, they don't push themselves and shit's always hard and it's like Yes, like what Danny was saying, not meaning to trigger people, but this is what I tell myself. Like I'm not fragile. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like I can withstand a high amount of stress um, when I know that it's going to come to an end. And yes. we go through hard periods because we know there's going to be respite at the end. We don't dance around and say it's too hard and always vacate and, you know, do those things. We push through, right? And that's what makes you capable. That's what makes you strong. And that's honestly probably what puts you in, you know, the top 5% of people that actually do it. There's a lot of people that don't want to do that, and that's so fine, right? That's so fine. But anyone listening to this, I can just sort of already sense it's not you. You know, you're someone that does want to do great things, whether it's like, physically with your your goals or you know mentally emotionally spiritually whatever area you want to really succeed in it's going to take a little level of work to really put you into that five percent i'm so pumped oh i'm pumped thanks for coming to our ted talk Um, that's all. That's it. That's I'm all. ready to rock. I'm ready. Thanks, guys, for coming <laughs> along and um, listening to our rant. Sometimes I feel like, I don't know, all the time, but I give out the advice that I need to myself. Um, a lot of the time. I needed I'm, this. I'm speaking to myself. Um, <laughs> and I'm speaking to you guys because, you know, we need to all hold ourselves as a collective when it comes to expectations. And, you know, we're not here just to walk through life. We're here to actually make a footprint um, mm. and to, you know, create sort of lives for ourselves that we really do enjoy waking up to you know the majority of the time and that honestly unfortunately takes work in these day and age because it's really easy just to get a job and work for money um but if you want to do other things um or even outside like personal life you got to go through that gritty resilience phase so that you can sort of get onto the other side and have lush lawn (laughs) because you've been lush lawn lush lawn sexy well thanks guys for coming along if you did enjoy the episode as always make sure that you do take a screenshot and of course tag the level up podcast thanks everyone